Hi, this is Margie Spence. Welcome to the Consumed Church Weekly Podcast. We hope that you enjoy this message titled, Burn Your Ship. For any further information on the ministry of Consumed Church, you can check us out at theconsumedchurch.com. change going on and we're all on a journey and along this journey we go through stages I was hearing the Lord and this was so interesting as we were singing to him there's no one like you there is no one like you And I heard the Lord sing back, there's no one like you. And as each of us are walking into a different journey, the Lord wants you to know he sees you. And he sees right where you are. And he wants to remind you that as he sees you and as he says, there's no one like you. No one like you means that you are a child of the Most High God. And sometimes we step out of that into our own striving and struggling. And he's saying, I'm calling you to step step back over into me. So I feel that there is a, when I say a shift or a change going on, this is going to be like a journey that we're going on, and the Lord is going to show us some stages here, but here's what I believe. I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to open your ears to hear and your eyes to see, and that there's not one person here by accident, but he has something to speak straight into your heart. And the one thing I want, as, as you hear, or if there is even the smallest seed that is planted, I'm encouraging you to take that and to begin to nurture it. Because God is ready to begin. One of the words, we were at a conference, and the word for the conference was shift. There's a shift, and there was all kinds of shifts going on. And what the Lord spoke to me, all of a sudden I had a vision, it was a car, and the car was in neutral, and the next thing you knew, the car was rolling backwards, and it began to go in reverse. And through the things that a lot of you have been through, and through the pandemic, there's times that we feel like we have lost all momentum, and we're beginning to move in the wrong direction, and we're going backwards rather than forward. And I know most of you have heard the saying, if you're not moving forward, then most likely you're going backwards. Amen? So the Lord said, the shift that I'm taking you into is a shift out of neutral or reverse, and I'm putting you into forward gear. And it is now time to move forward, to quit looking back. We're going to quit looking at what we have been walking through, what we have seen, the issues we've been in. And the Lord said, because I have a vision, I have a plan, and I have a purpose for each one of you. And some of you have lost sight of that. In the midst of this, isn't it easy for things to begin to grow dim when the things of the world are screaming and shouting at you, and you begin to lose vision of what God has even called you to be or called you to do? Amen? So I want to read a story starting out. On February 19, 1519, the Spanish explorer, Juan Cortez, set sail for Mexico with an encouraging 11 ships, 
13 horses, 110 sailors, and 553 soldiers. The indigenous population upon this arrival was approximately 5 million. And from a purely mathematical standpoint, the odds were stacked against him on a ratio of 7,541 to 1. That's a welcome. <laughs> what a greeting. And after la at landing, he issued an order that turned his mission into an all-or-nothing proposition. And he gave the command... Burn the ships. He had all the ships burned but one. And that one ship he sent back to Spain. So what I want to begin to say with this is there's a lesson to be learned is that what he did is he burned the bridge of where there would be no plan B. And so many times when we're beginning to walk into our destiny and we're beginning to walk into the call and the things that God has for us, it begins to get difficult. And when we, even when we know that we know that we know that we know that we've heard God, and even though he's given us strategies and he's given us plans, when it gets going, when the tough gets going, when we begin to take, have to take risk, when it begins to be difficult and too expensive, we have a tendency to want to revert back to plan B. And I believe that's why so many people are not living their plan A and they're living their plan B upon the earth. So... Another story, and what the Lord is saying, are we all in or not? Are we all in to our identity and the destiny that God has for us? Because I want to assure each one of you of something. Whatever your destiny is, whatever God has called you into, there is no one that can fill it but you. And so many times we lose our value and we lose our purpose and we don't really see thing, ourselves as being significant. But I want to tell you something. Whatever it is, God doesn't make junk and he doesn't have plans and destinies and purposes that don't have eternal value. So, no plan B, right? Next, in 1 Kings 19, 16... Elijah was instructed to go and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphath, to be prophet in his place. 1 King 19, 19 through 22. So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphath, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12. Then Elisha passed by him, and he threw his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and mother, then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back again, for what, I, for what have I done to you? So Elijah turned back from him, took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them, boiled their flesh using the oxen equipment and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elisha, Elijah and became his servant. So what do we see here? When Elijah, Elisha went back, slaughtered the oxen, destroyed the plow, he had burned his ship. And he had taken away everything that would take him back into his, into his past. So what are we saying here? Elijah threw, him, Elisha threw himself a party, invited all his friends to come and celebrate, and he left the old man, entered into the new man, and the very thing that he did when he arose, it was the end of Elijah, Elisha the farmer 
and he became Elisha the prophet. Now, even after the mantle was thrown to him and he began to, to follow Elijah, realize it doesn't say, and he left and became the prophet right then. It was 10 years before he stepped in the fullness of what God had for him. Never despise small beginnings. Amen? All right. I want to share because here, what the Lord had put on my heart is we say it's a new season, and however we want this, but, but I, what, I'm, what I'm seeing is that, you know, some have really been in a fiery furnace, and we don't feel like that we just smelt like smoke, but we felt like we we're kind of crispy, right? And the Lord said, that season is gone. And what I want you to do is reach out and begin to apprehend what God would speak to your heart over this because God is stepping into a new season. And it is a season, in the and the analogy I'm going to give you, and it's a story that I told maybe last time I spoke, and I really, uh, I don't want to say I argued with the Lord, but I questioned God I, <laughs> very nicely, I'll say. But I questioned, and I said, Lord, you know, you always want fresh manna. We don't want to do the old thing. And he said, no, and I, we went around about this for a little bit. And he finally got his way, of course. But we're going to talk about conception, nurturing, and birthing. And here's what I want to tell you. As we walk through here, and this is what I'm really asking, is that I don't want this to be just a good message or just a message, but I want it to be of where your heart is really penetrated and you really begin to open your ears. God, and I do this purposely, Lord, what have you got for me today? Because God said, there's a change going on. There's a shift going on. We're stepping out of the old. We're out of the fiery furnace. Now, even if you feel like, well, I'm still there, God said, we're going to look ahead, and we're not going to look behind. And we're not going to stay where we are. <laughs> so the only thing we can do is move forward. Amen? All right, so we are moving forward. And one of the Lord things, the Lord, it's number one, we need to hear and we need to get God's plans. And, body, I, I think so many times we almost flippantly seek God for a destiny when a destiny is so eternal and that we really need to spend that time on our face and before him to say, God, what is your plan? And when God says something, it might be big and it might be the whole picture or it might just be a tiny seed. But here's the thing we need to know, no matter how small the seed is, that God can take the tiniest and smallest of seed and make something big out of it. <laughs> what may appear insignificant may be the beginning of something great. So I would encourage you, don't take anything lightly that God puts on your heart. And as we begin to move into this, <laughs> I'll tell you a story. We came to the Lord back in 1973. It's like dinosaur ages ago. And we were filled with the Spirit in 1975, and we had just known the Lord a short period of time, because it was kind of at the end of 1975 that, um, and I, I didn't have dates on it, everything was irregular, that I became pregnant. And so, when I came to the Lord, I came in with a passion. And even though I wasn't I wouldn't say I, I was not mature in the word. I, I just knew one thing. 
I wanted to follow God with all of my heart and all of my soul and all of my might. And whatever God told me to do, it's like, you just tell me, God, I'll do it. And I believe I'm not letting that passion go. And if you don't have it, you need to get it. You don't want to leave home without it, right? So the one thing I decided when I found out that I was pregnant was I decided that I would not go to anything but a Christian doctor. Now, for some reason, Christian doctors were hard to find, and I made a huge mistake. The mistake I made was I told everybody I was pregnant, and I had everybody looking for a Christian doctor. And the moral of that story is when God gives you a dream or a destiny or a little tiny seed, don't necessarily share it with everybody. And I would encourage you that when God begins to give you a plan and develop and cultivate that, get with like-minded people who can walk in agreement with you. So anyway, how this kind of came back to bite me was finally there was one person that told me, and this was in the Methodist church. Um, they knew of one Christian doctor, so I called, and when I called and the phone was ringing, I just had this sick feeling inside, and I thought, this is not what I'm supposed to do. So I hung up, and I really started praying about it. Well, it wasn't long after that that Sam walked in the closet and one morning, and I was still laying in bed, and the Lord spoke to him and said, I want you to have this baby at home. Now, nowadays, that's not such a big thing. But back in 75 and 76, there were no midwives. I'd never heard of a midwife, didn't know what a midwife was, wouldn't have known one if I ran into it. I knew nobody had ever had their baby at home. I know nothing about childbirth, know nothing about anything. And God said, I want you to have this baby at home. Well, I'm going to cut the story short. He presented this to me, and I said, Sam, that's what the Lord has been telling me all along. So the Lord led him to a book called Birth Without Violence, and that was our guide to childbirth. <laughs> anyway, so what I want to see is when we did decide that, and I stand kind of amazed right now when I go back and look at it, because not one time did I ever have a plan B. Not once. Not once did I think I need to have a backup plan. It was so solidified in my heart that I had God's plan. And I tell you what I did when I first found out, because, I mean, this was like craziness. And I found out in a hurry, don't tell anybody. So I told no one but two friends who were my intercessors, and we were there very best friends. They're the only two people that knew other than Sam and I. And I just, I, I um, began to seek God with all of my heart. And I said, God, I don't want to miss this. Now, I've known the Lord. I've been spirit-filled one year. <laughs> How crazy is this? I got 70 scriptures that he gave me that every time I'd go to him, I'd open my Bible and I'm faithful, I will deliver over and over until it was so solidified. I saw no backup plan. I saw, saw no alternative. But we were having our baby at home. Didn't know what it was going to look like. Guys, y'all would just think we're crazy, but we're just crazy over Jesus. The one thing I did do was I had his word, and I had scripture, and I began to write them down, and I had them written on tablets, and had Habakkuk 2-2, write the vision and make it plain, that he may run who reads it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie, and though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come and it will not tarry. 
if the Lord, and these are little practical things, but I wanted to get hold of them. If the Lord speaks something to you, count it worthy to write it down. I'm telling you, write the vision, write the destiny, write the dream, write the words that God has given you that you can go back because being on a tablet and just being in the Bible is not enough. You've got to write these things on the tablets of your heart that they are more real to you than anybody or what anybody can say or anything in the world around you. That's how you lay hold of this destiny. All right, the next one, no plan B. <laughs> I think any time that the Lord has shown us a dream, shown us a destiny, we're always, always, always going to have opportunities to throw in the towel, do we not? <laughs> so the rest of this story, or part of the story, is going to be so nobody knows and the one thing that the Lord had promised me, that this would be peaceful. That was his word. He had given me his word, and I was standing on that, and this was going to be peaceful. Whatever that looked like, it was going to be peaceful. Well, Sam's mom was living with us. Sam's mom had had a nervous breakdown years before, but she was um, nervous, <laughs> you might say. She doesn't know anything about it. And so I woke up on a Saturday morning, and I knew I was in labor, and she was on the warpath. When I say warpath, I'm talking about she was having a nervous frenzy, and I woke up into this living hell. I said, Sam, not going to have him today. I just refused. <laughs> if this is not peaceful, then it's not God, and it's not going to happen. So we went on to a meeting, and while this meeting was going on in downtown Fort Worth, I said, Sam, I think we need to go home. I said, or, or we need to, to leave. So we left, and contractions were getting stronger and stronger. And I didn't know what to do. We didn't know what to do. I said, Sam, let's go to your office. <laughs> so we went to the office, to his office, with our little basket of stuff that I'm not even going to tell you. And we got there, and I thought, okay, we'll just have this baby here. Well, the next thing I know, here come the cleaning people. And here go the vacuum cleaners. And they're surrounding us, and I knew that they would be wanting to come into Sam's office, so there I am. And so Sam and I prayed about it, and I finally I just said, Sam, this is getting really serious. I said, we need to go home. So we got home, <laughs> it looked like everything concerning this promise had gone wrong, looked like everything had gone wrong. I knew he had promised me peace, I knew I didn't have a backup. This is when things begin to go wrong with your dream or your destiny or even a word that God has given you or, or th what you thought. The enemy's going to come and say, did God say? Did he really say? Did you really hear? What if you missed? What if? What if? The big what if question. What if you missed it? But this was so solidified in my heart that I knew, that I knew, that I knew. Now, I didn't know. When we got home, she was still on the warpath. I said, God, I don't know how you're going to do this. I called my two friends over. Grand Benny never knew I was in labor. And I'd go in the bathroom when I'd have a contraction. <laughs> this is like something we could write a book, because I'm just telling you bits and pieces of it. And it looked like there was no way that this was going to happen and this was going to work out. <laughs> and I want this to be an encouragement because we're talking about God birthing something in your life. 
And the part that I want you to see is that there's going to be everything out there that's going to come to try to steal your destiny and to steal your dream, right? And I think a big part of it, one of it, we have to come into such a, such a confidence and a faith in our Father. So the next thing that happened, now I know that I had no idea when my due date was. I had assumed it was mid, somewhere mid-June. And actually, I had gone into false labor in mid-June, which I'd never had before, and then it all stopped. And I thought, well, this is imminent. <laughs> We're getting really, really close. What I'm wanting to talk to you about is God's timing of birthing things in your life. Because so many times we get into presumption or assumption of how things are going to go and the timing on it. So what happened? <laughs> Finally, Grand Benny decided to go grocery shopping. Thank God I could come out of the bathroom. She went grocery shopping, and, and, and we lived in South Lake, and she had to drive into Hearst, where there was a larger grocery store. This was a long time ago. Grand Benny bought $12.50 worth of groceries. The line was so long, this was in a, on a Saturday, that she waited in line, she got impatient, she went and put everything back, went across the street to a Kroger, and went and bought everything again. She left about 3 o'clock. God took care of her for three hours. I had David, got up, took a shower, changed my clothes, changed the bed. We gave him a bath. And then walked Grand Benny. As I sat down on the bed, just as my bottom hit the bed, she walked in the door. And the Lord said, my timing is perfect. Here's the kicker to this. I thought he was coming mid-June. His arrival date was August 28th. <laughs> so things may not be as timely as you think they should be. <laughs> that was a long pregnancy. But I'm here to say that God's timing is perfect. And I think this is one of the places that we fall short when we think things should happen when we want them to happen and they don't. That we begin to faint and grow weary in Galatians 6 verse 9 says, And let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season, and in the Amplified it said, In due time and the appointed season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So what I want you to know is that once you've heard the voice of God, once you know that you know, this is where we get it in our heart. And Kathy, nobody can steal it. Nobody can steal it. So some of you might say, well, I don't have that kind of faith. I can't have the kind of faith to step into that kind of destiny or that kind of thing. And one of my favorite scriptures, and I just want to talk about this briefly, is about Sarah and Abraham. And in Hebrews 11, in the Amplified, it said, Because of faith also, Sarah herself received physical power to conceive a child, even when she was long past the age for it, because she considered God, who had given her the promise to be reliable and trustworthy and true to his word. She considered God faithful. The place where we fall short and what we miss is we put faith in our faith. God, I don't have enough faith for that. But God has given you the measure of faith. You have got the faith of God on the inside of you. 
But when we begin to look at ourselves, do I have enough faith? Consider God to be faithful. We know what happened when Sarah kind of fell off the wagon and she got tired of waiting and she, she had an Ishmael, right? But what you've got to do is don't put faith in your faith. Put faith in God. Put faith in him. God is faithful. I, has anybody been watching the Olympics besides me? <laughs> and Sam, we love the Olympics. Did anyone, uh, did you all see there was a short little documentary or story on uh, Olympic skier that was in the Paralympics, and her name was Danielle Umstead? Did you all see that? Sometimes I... I realize how very, I don't know if you would say not passionate, but enduring that we are, that when things don't go our way, how easily we fall off the wagon. Do you know what I'm saying? This story, and, and, and we give up. We let go of our dream. We let go of what God has promised us. We let go of the word. We let go when everything starts pressing around us, we begin to faint and grow weary in well-doing. This was one of the most inspiring stories that I've heard. It was just short. Her name is Danielle. Uh, they moved to Plano when she was two years old. And at that time, they began to notice she was running into walls and hitting doors. And they're thinking, what is going on? And they realized that she was having issues with her vision as a two-year-old. And it was called, oh, retinitis pigmentosa, something like that. And it's a genetic eye disorder that leads to blindness. So by the, when she became in 20, her mom died of cancer, whom she was extremely close to. And she became totally blind. She was living in Plano, and when she was 29, I think it was her father, Peter, that invited her to come to New Mexico. And when she did, he encouraged her to go, and it was skiing of where it's, where it's guide-led. Most interesting thing you've ever seen. It's where somebody skis with them, and they wear a helmet, and they talk them through things. Anyway, she tried it, and she said after 10 minutes that she was hooked. Now, here is a lady that has lost her mom. She's totally blind, and she takes up skiing when she's 29. This is what she has done. Listen to this. In 2010, she won two bronze medals at the Paralympics. In 2014, she won another bronze. And then she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. 2020, let's see, wait, 2014, she had a setback and had to quit skiing. 2020, she had a severe, ugly, horrible break in her leg, and it looked like she would never ski again. But guess what? She's preparing for the 2022 Paralympics, which began in March. And I love what she said, no matter where you were in life, where there's something that you really want and you're really passionate about, why wouldn't you get back up? Is that not a great word? Why would we not get back up? Why would we not want to jump up and pursue that very thing that God has put within us in our destiny and in our dreams and the giftings? Guys, I'm telling you, we're going to run, in, we're going to run into some hard times. We're going to hit some bumps in the road. But here's what the Lord is saying. Number one, are you willing? And these are the three areas 
that the Lord really spoke to my heart because we have conception. We have the time that we nurture and grow and water that dream. And then we had the time of birthing. And we're all moving in different stages in different times. We're all on a different journey. But we all have this journey of where God wants to take us. And I just, I can't tell you enough. I have lived my dreams. And I am living my dreams now. And I am not letting go of them. And there have come things that have been discouraging to me. I mean, some really big things, even re recently, that have tried to knock me off my horse. But I refuse. I mean, I refuse. I said, God, you are so good. And the only reason I won't succeed is if I give up. And I'm not giving up. So I want us to begin to get this intestinal fortitude of where I'm, if you don't know what the dream is, find it. And if it's a time that has to be nurtured and grown, then be patient, but do that. So what I'm seeing is that we're at these different stages. I love this. When God gives you a promise, it is not up to you to conjure up faith. It is up to you to believe in the one who promised. He is faithful. All right. So here's what, it was kind of interesting, the stages that I saw. And I want you to listen very closely to what the Spirit of God is saying to you right now. Because I'm telling you, if you'll put your ears on, God is talking. God is talking all the time. If for any reason there's nothing that goes on as a light bulb right here, then I would say go home and get on your face before him because he's, he's got some plans he's trying to roll out. And what I'm seeing is that now is the time for this. We've come out of this pandemic. We've come out of this going in reverse. And he said it's time to move forward. But you need to get, know where you're headed. So it's time to get God's plan and let's begin to seek him. But there's going to be, and just listen and see if you fall in one of these categories, there's going to be some of where God is saying, destroy your plow. Now, I'm not talking about necessarily that you've got to leave everything and go into the ministry. I'm not talking about you have to leave your job, but I'm saying that there is something that God is saying, I'm ready to, for you to move into this and not look back. Think about that. Something where he has thrown this mantle, he has thrown this anointing, he's given you the word. It's kind of like you're seasoned and you might not be stepping into the fullness of it, just like Elisha, but you're stepping into this new thing that God has for you and you're not going to look back. And it might be that you're called to serve in a capacity. It might be there's going to be a time of growing and a time of developing this, but you know that there's something that God has put in your heart. Does that speak to anybody? <laughs> Isaiah 43, 18, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? And I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Guys, I'm telling you that God will make a way where there is no way. Actually, God has already made the way where there was no way. Just keep that in your heart and in your mind. He has already gone before you. He's already prepared everything that you need. All we're needing to do is to get ourselves aligned. Guys, I am so speaking destiny over you today. I am so speaking those dreams. God, when we read, you know, there's times like in Jeremiah, you know, I know the plans I have for you for good but not for evil to give you an expected hope to the end. We read these and they become familiar and we, we lose what God is trying to say. He said, I know 
the plans I have for you. I designed them. I made the blueprint. And he said, it's just like Jesus going to the cross and dying for everything. And then we don't take advantage of what he did. He said, it's done. The blueprints, the plans, the strategies, and even anything in the roadblocks that you're going to run into. He said, I have already taken care of it. If you will begin to align yourself with me. Because if we're out here on the outer perimeters... We're going to be bouncing off the walls. And he said, I can make it much easier. Plus, God wants to give us supernatural strategies. Not just the ways of the world, but he wants to give us his ways that are so much higher. But guess what he said? But I have given them to you. Become Holy Spirit's best friend. And let him be your best friend. Amen. Because I'm telling you, he has got something to say. He has got something to tell you and something very, very personal. All right, number two, burn your ship. No plan B. (laughs) Knowing what God has called you to do. And the first thing, guys, here's the amazing thing about God. We think, well, he's not going to call me into things, anything big. Well, guess what? It'll be as big as you want. And it's really his desire to be way bigger than you because if it's not that big, then you think you can do it on your own, right? So God is saying, no plan B. And this is when things are big. And you think, God, could this really be? Could this really be? You really want me to have this baby at home? I mean, I don't even know what that looks like. Amazing thing is it was, oh, some um, four or five years later that I became a midwife. I found out what birthing was all about. And I would never, ever, ever tell my clients to have their baby at home by themselves. <laughs> ever. I, don't even, I wouldn't even tell them that story. <laughs> I mean, that's honest to God truth. I, there, it was like that is, there's some things that are pure foolishness to the natural world. I mean, pure foolishness, but when God's on it, it's a whole nother story, right? (laughs) So I'm just saying, body, I'm just saying get ready is what I'm saying because as soon as you begin to dream the big dream, as you begin to hear his voice into that destiny, guess what's going to happen? Reasoning begins to set in. And we begin to reason with our natural mind why this is not going to work or this isn't a good idea. And that's when the what ifs, or what if this and what if that, begins to come. And we begin to really question, is this God at all? Philippians 3, 13 through 14, Amplified said, I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize, which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. You know, I'm just feeling this in my heart that there's some here that just don't feel worthy that God would call you into something big. And I'm here to tell you that that is a lie. God doesn't see you like you see yourself sometimes, most often, actually, (laughs) ever. (laughs) That's right. So here's what I'm saying. The next thing the Lord spoke to my heart was about taking the leap. And I had shared about buying, I think it was Sylvia's first picture that she had painted in the prophetic. And it was a girl jumping off a cliff. And the word that the Lord gave me for this, and I want you to listen carefully. He said, I want... Some of you are at a point that you need to take the leap. 
But in taking the leap, you're going to have, have to get rid of any baggage that would hold you back or weight you down. If it be fear of failure, if it be guilt, if it be condemnation, so many things. And he said that we're to lay aside that unbelief. Let go of the old, and we're pressing on to the new. Amen? Because holding on, trying to jump with the weights is going to do nothing but plummet you downward. And the Lord is calling us to soar with him into the high places of the earth. And he wants to take you to places that you've never been. Yes, you, each one of you, he wants to take you to places you have never been. This is so my heart to tell you, he's taken me there. And I'm special, but so are you. I've said I was special from the time I met him. It's kind of a joke, actually. But I've always said, I'm special. I'm special to God. I'm special to God. I can't say that I always believe that. But the more I say it, the more I have seen him manifest his love to me. So what I'm saying is the Lord wants you to take the jump. But he wants to take you. And even though when you jump, because you have felt so weighted down, you're not going to even know what it's like to soar and fly. But he's going to take you higher than you've ever been if we are willing to take the jump. And sometimes... It's truly letting go. It's truly letting go. So, as we have, can the musicians, do we have them here? Somebody come up and, oh, this is my man. I just love this guy. Was praise and worship amazing? It's like, how do you, I, I was sitting there, I thought, how do I follow this? It's like, oh, it was amazing. But I really want you to listen and I want you to listen with all your heart. I want you to listen thinking of yourself as the Lord singing over you saying, there is none like you. I made you so special. And I've made you so unique that there is no one like you. And don't sell short what I have designed for your life. So what I'm saying is that there's some of you who this has put something in your heart of, God, I really am reaching out to know that that seed of conception can take place in my heart, that I can be, begin to step into what you've called me to do and the destiny that you have for me, that I can step into my identity and the wholeness of who I am. I'm going to go through all of these, and then what we're going to do, we're going to have an activation, or a, I want you to take a step of faith. And as God speaks to your heart, and th this is not about me, and it's not about trying to get people to come down front, but this is about, I'm going to have you come, because this is going to be your step of faith with him, of saying, I am all in, whatever this looks like. I am all in, even if it's just, I don't even have the vision right now. I don't even know what that is, but I realize, I am realizing that you do have something for me, and you're just waiting on me that I'm not waiting on you, and that you are ready to reveal, and God is going to unveil and reveal and release. There is a, I was just, I told Brad earlier, there is a, there is an anointing here today for this change that I've been speaking. There is an anointing, and I, I, it's something you almost can't put your finger on, but you know it when it's there, to be released over not special, but all of you in the area of beginning. If you're already moving forward, then it might be put your tennis shoes on and we're going to go a little faster. 
but he's talking in a, to each one in a unique way. So if, if it's one who's saying, okay, I'm willing to become pregnant with what you have for me. And I will listen. And if I already know, I'm going to meditate and that is going to begin to grow. And there's going to be others of you. And if that speaks to your heart, you can just come on down. If that speaks to your heart, then there's going to be others that there's already things that have been planted on the inside of me. But boy, this seems like a long time. And it seems like the cares of the world and everything is pulling against what you have for me, Lord. And it's like, this seed has become dormant and it's not growing and the Lord said I'm beginning to quicken that which is on the inside of you there's a time of nurturing that and things don't birth overnight amen and it's usually longer than you think <laughs> was for me anyway but I would say it's not a time of letting it fade. It is a time of nurturing, feeding, watering for that seed to begin to grow and that life to, because what we're waiting on, we're waiting on a birthing of it. But you know, you can't see when you're pregnant and you can't see what's going on. Guys, there's things going on in your lives right now that you can't see God working. And all he's wanting to do is to, what we're wanting to do today is to get things lined up. We're aligning ourselves with him. He said, come and get into agreement with me. Come and get into agreement with me. So what we're doing, maybe we are getting into agreement with him and lining ourselves up in order that he's going to be the one to take us where we need to go. It's not going to be in your own strength, but it's God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you, both to will and to do, his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. Did y'all get that? It's not in your strength. But it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you. So the last group, is there anybody that this spoke to that you're ready to, to let that begin to grow, that God has spoke something in your heart? I'm telling you, there is, this isn't about me, but there is just an anointing of saying, I'm taking a step of faith, Dwayne. I'm taking a step of faith of stepping in to what has been spoken that I am going to step into alignment with you, Lord, and I am going to have an expectancy of what you're doing and what you're going to do. And just come on down. The other one is going to be the mantle has been thrown to me. And I know that there's some things that you're wanting me to step into. And I would not know if this is going to be comfortable or not, but I am all in. And whatever this looks like that God is saying, I will prepare you for what I've called you to do. And I will anoint you and appoint you. And he said, and I will send you into your time, into the call. And he said, but the mantle has been thrown to begin to enter into what I've called you to do. Does that speak to anybody that you feel like that you have that, that call that, and God is releasing that over you? This is going to be good. This is going to be good because this is between you and the Lord. 
this isn't about anybody or anything else and the Lord is going to take you right where you are so what we're going to do I'm going to pray and I just want you to repeat after me and if there's anything that the Lord puts on your heart then you and him can have that conversation and then I want you to take a step forward that step is take is representing that you are taking the leap that you're burning the plow or you're destroying the plow and you're burning the ship because <laughs> you're saying God there is no turning back there is no turning back so repeat after me father in Jesus' name, thank you for the plans that you have for me. This day, I am committing to you that I'm all in. I ask you, Lord, to align me with your thoughts, with your strategies, and with your will. And Father, that as I hear no matter how small, I will be obedient. Father, I receive your plans. I receive your destiny. And Father, I sell not short that which you call me to do. I receive it in Jesus' name. Take a step forward. Step into it. Now, what I want you to do as you've stepped in, I want you to listen. I want you to listen and see what the Father would say to you now. You know, I'm hearing the Father say, you haven't seen anything yet. You've only seen the horizon of where I want to take you. This is a pivotal day in your life as you have really made a commitment to step all in. And the Lord is just saying, this is what I've been waiting for. Sometimes we tippy-toe, sometimes we dip a toe in the river, sometimes we try to take the jump, but he said, when you're all in, you have released the anointing and the ability of God to move in your life, and that has been released in Jesus' name, amen. Not just a message, but a shift of life, a shift of direction, a realigning of life to walk in purpose and walk in destiny. You know, when Margie was sharing what she was going to speak about, it was just light me on fire in staff meeting because that's our life. That's Shani and my life. That's what we've done. There's been no looking back. I can remember the day that I worked my last day at Lowe's, and I just, in my spirit, I heard this song, uh, I'm Never Looking Back. Um, it's Heidi Baker's son-in-law. I forget um, the song, but it's, it's, you know, basically never looking back. And, and that's what God wants us to do. 
you know, just don't look back. Don't look back. Step forward, step forward. Burn the ship. Don't leave anything to go back to. When I train, I do it that way. Uh, I'll share this, and then I'm going to transition to announcements. But, you know, when I start, first started running half, uh, half marathons, I didn't think I could do it. I had ran three miles, six miles, but never 13.1. So I put myself in a position that there was no other option. There was no plan B. I had Judah. He was about six months old. I'd give him a bottle, and I'd leave the house. When I left the house, I've got three hours to get back before it needs another bottle. And I'd go to a trail that was five miles out and five miles back. There is no plan B. Walking is not an option because that baby's going to need a bottle. So what I'm saying is put yourself in a position where you have no other option, where there is no plan B, and take the leap. It's the only way to step out of our comfort zone and really press forward into the plan and purpose of God. Amen? It's a good word. Now we get to walk it out. So, Father, we thank you that it's not our faith, it's not our strength, but it's our obedience to what you said and trusting in you to see this plan come to pass. Father, I thank you that we're surrounded by a family that's pursuing destiny, that's encouraging and cheering each other on to take the next step, to take the leap, to take the, take the jump, that we don't have to do this alone. Thank you for this body and this family that you've called together that are pressing in and seeking after your plan and destiny for our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we did things a little bit different today because the anointing during worship was very strong. And, and, and I love the freedom that we have in this house to be sensitive to the Lord. That we don't have to follow a particular uh, schedule or pattern. But there is freedom to be sensitive and allow the anointing to flow. So during worship, I just sensed the anointing and I said, I'm not going to get up there and give a bunch of announcements and just squash this thing. I said, Margie, would you like to just step right in and minister and flow right from this anointing? She said, oh, yeah. So that's what we did. Um, but I do have a few announcements. First off, Pastor John and Lauren send their love and send their greetings. They are suffering for Jesus. No, but they're pursuing destiny. They're having fun. They're relaxing. But they're also pursuing destiny. God has given them authority. See, this is what we preach, and they get to practice it and lead us in it. They have been called and given authority in a sphere of influence in the fishing community to be salt and light. And they've been given a voice. They've led people to Jesus. They've pray, prayed for many to be healed. They are really um, just walking in this. They, they call them pastor in a, fish, in a fishing community that was uh, not, so, not so religious or spiritual. Uh, so, so it's really an honor to be a part of that and also see him well enough to be able to enjoy some time and, and uh, get ministered to by the Lord. So we've only got a few announcements, but um, next Sunday, everybody say next Sunday. next Sunday, we've got Steve and Christy Owings. They're going to be with us. They're going to minister to us. It's going to be a great time. And um, next Saturday morning, every Saturday morning at 8 a.m., we have prophetic intercessory, intercessory prayer right here in the sanctuary. Be here. Be a part really good from what I hear and um, yeah Tuesdays you know we have the biblical foundations course it's not too late be a part of that more information let me know 
And uh, with that, be blessed. I think that's all the announcements we have. So be blessed. You know how to give online or in the box in the back. Online is theconsumechurch.com. Enjoy your day. And if uh, you're watching football, it's Super Bowl. So do that. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Consumed Church weekly podcast. This entire service and others can be viewed on our Facebook and YouTube channels. If you would like to partner with us in raising the next generation of kingdom bringers, you can do so at theconsumechurch.com slash give. <laughs>